get a van light. Yo, 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 what's up? And welcome back to FNA, the podcast. I know I did that much different than I normally do. <laughs> you hit me with a surprise there. That surprise. A... <laughs> well, I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, you know who we are. FNA Van Life. Okay. Today. <laughs> That's what you're going to jump into. <laughs> Today, we have a very special guest, Johnny No Cash. He is a professional musician who, during the pandemic, moved into a van and has been traveling since. And so we're going to get into... His career on the road, being a musician on the road, you know, we're dabbling into depression and things like that. He's very blunt and open and honest in this conversation, which we absolutely appreciate. Yeah, we tap we tap into the fact that he went from one van to a new van and how his first van compared to the new van is too as well. We went to a full deep dive of everything. We had a great time talking with him and I think that you guys will have a great time listening to his experience living van life and how much it's changed his perspective and his life in general, I feel like. But first, let's do an update from the road. <laughs> we crossed into Canada today. Again. Yes, but on the other side of the country, we were in Ontario for a little while. Before we get into that, let's tell him about our crazy couple of events the last two days well, that we've had. that's what I was going to So I just realized, I was like, Frank, what day is it? And he's like, it's... Sunday, and I was like, oh no, we the were supposed to put the podcast out now. this morning. But we've had a couple of pretty ridiculous days. I think you guys would be understanding of why the podcast came out a day late. I hope so. I think I think they'll be understanding. They might hold it against us tell, forever. Tell them why, babe. Tell them why. So, we finally get to Big Sky. We're doing some snowboarding. Frank is all kinds of lit up. He loves to snowboard. Oh, yeah. This is the first time that either of us have been snowboarding since the 2019-2020 season. Um, last winter, we were building the van in Florida. So, it was, like, really nice to be back on the mountain. And actually, the last time we were in Big Sky, we had such a good time. We have so many good memories of Big Sky. We were both super stoked. You can park for free right on the mountain. Wait a second. Did you say you were stoked to be on the mountain? I mean, like... Hell yeah, baby. It's okay. You don't have to You don't have to downplay it. You like snowboarding now. It's all good. I like... I enjoy it a little bit. I certainly okay, don't good. enjoy it as much as you enjoy it. Well, of course. But that's... There's very few that enjoy it as much as I do. I like. <laughs> so anyways, we had an awesome day on the mountain. We took Paco on the mountain. That's a whole another story that you guys will have to see in the YouTube video. Yeah. It, it was, was an event. It was an event, and we do not recommend <laughs> trying to wear your dog in a backpack on ski lift. Anyways, so we get back to the van at the end of the you know day, and the heater's off. And we're like, oh, that's weird. Like, I'm sure we left it on. Luckily, it was still warm in the van. Warmer like, than it, outside. It was, it was way... I mean, it, it had to be at least still in, like, the high 60s in the van, and, uh, cause Paco was in the van at that point yeah. too. So he was still comfortable in here. Uh, but you know, with everything ongoing and coming back to a van that is what now not being heated outside? at that time, it was probably, it was like probably 18 degrees Fahrenheit and dropping Cold. and it wound up dropping down to 10 degrees that night, 10 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like almost negative 20. I feel Celsius. like Celsius somewhere around there. It's probably like negative 15. It was Cold, cold, cold. Very cold. So we're like, okay, we tried to restart the heater. We tried to restart the heater. We adjusted the van so that the fuel would be flowing into the heater instead of, you know, like making sure the angle was right. And it worked for a second. It did. It worked for a little while. So we're like, okay, we made dinner and whatever. And, you know, that builds some heat in the van also. We start to get ready to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden, it starts going back into alarm. It was just not good. And by this point, we're both exhausted because we hadn't 
done any like super physical activity like this in a long time. I think we were both probably a little bit dehydrated. Yes. Like altitude, we were up at almost 8,000 feet. So Alex was definitely feeling a little bit messed up from the altitude. And for like, sure. I was cool just going to sleep. If we could have just gone to sleep at that moment, it would have been fine. But here's the thing. Our heater would not kick on. It was cold AF. We knew that throughout the night, it was just going to get colder yep. and windier and the temperature in the van was just going to keep dropping, dropping, dropping. Yeah, it got down to almost 55 degrees, 54 degrees, I think it was, when we decided that we were just going to hightail it out and leave the mountain. We dropped down to the lower end of uh, Big Sky, but it was still like 18 degrees Fahrenheit at the lower end. And it was still like 4,000 feet. Yeah, home. we were still like, uh, well, I think we were probably just below, uh, at, just above 5,000 feet, like probably about 6,000 feet at that point. Right. So we're like, okay, that's not far enough down the mountain. The heater still won't start. It's still really cold. So we had to drive a full hour to get to Bozeman. By this point, I'm like ready to puke. I felt Horrible. absolutely terrible. I'm like in the front seat covering my eyes. Like, like I'm like, if... I might just have to tap your arm and we're going to pull over and I'm going to uke all over the side of the road. Yeah, and I'm I'm at the same time super tired and I can feel my eyes starting to like like I'm wide open. I have my eyes <laughs> ah, I have my eyes wide open, but I'm still falling asleep, you know. He what I'm said a about? couple times he's like, "Whoa, I'm really tired." And I'm like, yeah, it's dangerous to drive like that. Like, yeah. do not do this. But like, we're like at this point, we're like, okay, we're only twenty minutes away. Like, just push it. Like, we gotta get there. And we did install this new uh, light bar from Oxbeam, and that thing, I turned it on so it could feel more like daylight in front of me, which definitely helped me out a bit uh, on that dark, you know, windy road. And so we get down to Bozeman, which was about an hour away, and we we get there safely. And we pull off on the side of the road, and still. The heater won't come on. But at least there, it was just floating around freezing. So we had our big it comforter. It was like 24 degrees Fahrenheit at night. When we right. When we woke up in the morning, it was like 32. So yeah. we're like, okay. But anyway, so we had our big comforter. You know, we were able to like all cozy up in bed and all. I mean, it's not like there was a lot of people there. It was me, <laughs> Frank, and Paco, the yeah. dog. Yeah. But anyways, we stayed warm throughout the night and it was fine and we woke up and everything's fine. <laughs> But then we had to spend a whole day fixing the heater, which was a story for the YouTube channel because yes. something really cool happened when we were trying to fix the heater. Um, but apparently, as it turns out, these Wabasto heaters, anytime you take them above 5,000 feet in elevation, they just build up carbon to the point where they will not function anymore. Yeah, the fuel to air ratio was just off. You could set them to high altitude, which we still have yet to do. We have to do that. Yeah. And uh, which I'll probably do tomorrow just yeah. to make sure that it's done. And that should help out a lot in that situation. But even after talking to some of our friends that contacted Wabasto, they said that anything above 5,000 feet... Even with might, the high-altitude kit. You might still run into this error. So stupid that so, you pay all this extra money for this heater that's supposed to be top of the line, pay extra for the high-altitude kit, and yet still it does not work at altitude. Yeah, I think the, Evo, the EV40 might be different. But I'm not 100% sure on Which that. Which one do we have? We have the uh, ATS-2000, I think is what it's called. So it's like the Airtop 2000. Right. STC or some oh crap like that. It's a lot of letters and numbers. Yeah. But it's like the lowest model. Um, so maybe in the future we might upgrade to that. 
uh, or downgrade. We, we might. Well, I wouldn't even say downgrade. I feel like the Chinese diesel heater is an upgrade. I mean, it's certainly less expensive. Well, not only that, you could work and you could adjust the hertz. So you could adjust the pump speed. You could adjust how fast the fan is going. So I don't think it's actually called the Chinese diesel heater anymore on Amazon. It's called like Happy Heater Diesel there's, something. There's ninety thousand right. of them on there. But so, anyways, we had that one in our last van and. Well, we did have a couple of issues with it, but we figured out that if we just kept it at, like, the middle pump speed, it was perfect all the time. We used that thing for 10 months. And like, we did, well, we did 71 mountains for snowboarding. Three months straight in the beginning, and then we used it again when we were at, like, Wolfpack Roundup, and we were, like... Oh, yeah, we used it all the time, and it never had a problem, ever. Never. I mean, you know, once we figured out that little tweak of a fix. But anyways... If we were to do it again, I would 100% buy the cheaper version, because now that we have the more expensive version, anytime we get above 5,000 feet, we're going to have to clean the whole heater out, which is an entire process. Anyways, so we get the heater cleaned up. We're like, cool. We're great. We high-fived the people who helped us. So awesome. You got to subscribe to the YouTube channel to get all that. It's like an insane story. So then we realize that the time clock on our COVID tests that we had to get to enter into Canada is ticking. So we had to cross the border into Alberta today. Literally. Or we would have expired the COVID-19 test that we had taken on the 9th. And then we would have had to retake the COVID-19 test, which can take up to 72 hours to get back. And then we would have been late for all of the commitments that we have this coming week in Alberta. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we literally have to, after an entire day of working our butts off and in the freezing cold, no heat, had to drive like seven hours today to get across the Canadian border. But guess what? We made it. <laughs> I actually got stopped along the way. I had to come inside. Uh, At the border crossing. Yeah, because of when we tried to cross the border to Alaska, uh, we had some issues and got turned back around. So they were just questioning that situation. So I told them what was going on. They gladly gave me everything back and basically said, have a good time. And Alex got luckily selected for a COVID test. Yeah. And I was like, do I have to quarantine until I get the test results? And he was like, nah, don't worry about it. Just throw it in the mail. And I'm like, okay, that seems legit. (laughs) Anyways, so we are in Alberta. My parents are flying out to meet us here in a couple of days time. We have... Um, Some tours arranged with Ski Big 3 Alberta, which is really nice. Um, So there's three mountains there. Sunshine, Norquay, and Uh, Lake Louise. Lake Louise, yeah. 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 Um, So we're really excited to do that. We'll definitely share more about that in upcoming videos and on the podcast as well. And, yeah, so... In other other words, though, if you guys like snowboarding, you like winter van life, you want to know more about winter van life, definitely check us out on the YouTube channel. And we're going to get into talking and chatting with Johnny. I, I really think this is a great podcast. Like we said earlier, I can't say it enough. It's just amazing to get such a good insight mm-hmm. of, you know, other people's experiences. And we've done this for a while now. And I feel like this one was very unique yeah. and uh, um, very revealing in a lot of different ways. So, yeah, let's let's just jump right into it. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, Johnny, like, we had a lot of highs and lows of van life in the last 48 hours, and I think that the podcast with Johnny gets into a lot of the highs and the lows yes. of the lifestyle. It's not always fabulous and bikini shots and no. all that stuff. 
And so we're going to dish it all out with Johnny No Cash. All right, guys, we got Johnny No Cash on. This guy has an awesome podcast. I think he just started dropping some YouTube videos recently, too. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Johnny, and um, what got you into van life. Well, thanks so much for having me. That's pretty sweet that you guys reached out. And uh, um, yeah, it's great to chat with you. I think probably the majority of people that got into van life within the last, like, you know, 18 months was probably just due to um, isolation and just needing to explore and, you know, use what little time, you know, there was a pretty big microscope on life expectancy (laughs) for the last 18 months. So I think for me, I was like, man, I got to do this shit while I'm still like young and while I still have, you know, some, some fire inside. And um, I figured why not do it now? And it's been great. It's been cool. It's pretty tricky here and there, but, you know. From listening to your podcast, which is a really sweet show. If anybody hasn't heard it, we'll link it down in the show notes. We wanted to, like, get to know you a little bit better. So we went back to the beginning. And it kind of sounded mm-hmm. like you were pretty, I, you know, like, I don't think we've talked about this, but, like, you're a traveling musician, right? Like, you play shows, you play gigs, you play, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like something that completely got shut down during COVID was bars and restaurants and music shows and like even just traveling to go do these shows other places. So almost like overnight, your whole scene, friends, everything kind of just collapsed in front of you. How was that in the beginning? Like it must've just been super depressing. Uh, It sucked. I mean, it really like screwed, not just, you know, my potential music career that was doing quite well at the time but it also screwed over all the bars and all like my friends that own venues and things like that um of course people tried their best to make it work with like digital shows and i mean i i did one or two digital shows and it was just awful it was the most Mm. uh it was so unnatural sitting in front of your computer and seeing numbers pop up that represented human beings and playing your heart out, finishing a song and not like getting like any kind there's of no reaction. Applause. Yeah. There's no applause. There's no energy. And I was like, man, I got to try and think of something like with this. And I guess I'm a little bit more acceptable to doing more digital stuff now but at the time it was really uncomfortable and it really kind of screwed a lot of people over myself included so um i had to find other ways of keeping my sanity sounds like van life was kind of a refuge for you in that way like uh, you know like you bought the van and then you felt reinvigorated and now you had this project and you know you were actually like working on something tangible you know not necessarily your music career but you know, it sounded like getting into van life gave you a lot of hope. Uh, it just gave me some purpose. Uh, I was feeling really stagnant for months on end. Luckily, um, my my employer kept me on during all of COVID, so I'm very I was very grateful for having work. However, I lived alone. I went to an empty building every day to work just to do basic maintenance at that point. Cause it wasn't open to the public. Um, and then I went home alone 
And I was like, man, if I'm going to be alone all the damn time, I may as well be like at least getting some kind of like visual or like emotional kind of uh, satisfaction because I was really getting depressed. And I'm sure that's not the first time you guys have heard that, like um, chatting here on the podcast, that depression was a huge issue and it was getting scary. And I was like, fuck, man, I got to figure out something or I'm going to kill myself. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. I was really, really bad. And I, it was a, it was a ditch effort. I had some savings. I love traveling. I've hitchhiked a ton whenever I was younger. I've lived on the streets and stuff and like on the road. And, uh, I am kind of used to a rougher lifestyle. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And, you know, until venues open up to, to where I'm comfortable again, playing, um, I'm just going to do, I'm going to live a life in a van and just see some shit and be stimulated that makes me think about when you did get on the road now was there opportunity to meet uh new friends and whatnot on the road because i know that in canada it was much different than here in the states you know like the ability to travel and you know the amount of people in general that were probably traveling too is probably way less than here in the states so what did uh different opportunities present themselves to you uh social wise yeah it was great. Um, it was a little few and far between. I, it wasn't like I was bumping into people all the time. So, I mean, this is very isolated, especially right now. Um, but it, I was bumping into other fellow travelers and nomadic lifestylers, you know, and which was great. Um, it was great to have something in common with a total stranger and at least like pick the brain of some like tips or or tools that they learned along the road. And I valued that really quite a bit. I thought it was great that they were sharing ideas and some insight because I was quite new at the time and uh, I was really roughing it at the time as well. I, I didn't have like a nice setup or anything. It was really just kind of a box, a bed and uh, a Tupperware thing of food. But uh the community that I've met has been incredible, really like ambitious people and very inspiring. And they've got, it seems like everybody I've met has really free spirits. And I'd mean that in the least hippie way possible. I mean it in like the sense that they're just open to different shit. And I just love that. That was great. So you mentioned your rig, you know, what are you living in? What is your van life, you know, mobile look like? Okay. Oh man. I, I, I'm going to try and do a summary for you because I've had one hell of a time. <laughs> so originally I had a 98 Dodge Ram and it was a beast. Loved it. But when I first bought it, uh, it didn't have any air conditioning. So I'm like, I don't care. I could just roll down the windows. And it just seemed like everything was going wrong in this thing. Um, it was starting to get cold. So I was like, I'm going to install a wood stove. So I installed this fucking wood stove. And not only was it smoking me out every single night, but then when it started raining, the damn thing was leaking. Oh no. I was I've never been so dirty 
I've never been so soaking wet. I've never been so miserable and like hard to like, it was awful. It was really, I, I don't know about you guys, but out here in the West coast in, in BC, it was raining for two months straight. And I was having to build shanties just so I could stand up. This van was a smaller van. I couldn't stand up in it. So I was stuck on a mountain, just covered in rain, trying to seal holes in my van while stay warm and dry. And to be on, and it was months and months and months and months. It's, it's, it just dragged on. To be honest, I just said, you know what? If I'm going to like keep what little sanity I have left, I need to invest in another home. Uh, this was not cutting it. it I, I kept on trying to modify it. And every time I started modifying it, I was making it worse. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's the universe telling you, like, get a different something. You know, like, yeah. it's like it's, all, it's like a relationship even, too. Like, I'm yeah. fixing it, I'm fixing it, I'm fixing it. But it just keeps breaking, breaking, breaking. Like, get yeah. rid of it. A hundred percent. And it... It, it got to the point where, you know, I was a lumberjack. Like I was having to chop wood in the rain every day to keep warm. All my shit was soaking wet. So I was having, I don't know if you saw, but I, I do have some photos online of these shanties that I built out of tarps. And I had the wood stove in the fucking tarp. So I'd be sitting in there chopping wood, keeping warm. And I was like, this is van life. This is nothing like the you know the thong yeah. shots on instagram this is bullshit <laughs> so i ended up i literally had a bit of a breakdown and like just just so your audience knows that i'm not like um candy coating anything like i actually had a bit of a breakdown and i was like you know i need a new home this is the beginning of the winter time as well so it's only going to get colder and it's only going to get wetter yeah and i and i don't have a home other than this so it was like you know what stop being like a cheap ass and invest in something that you're going to be comfortable in uh that's going to keep you warm and is you can cook properly and dry so i ended up finding this van um from this chick online she was moving to mexico in three days so she had this van that she had been uh that was built by her father and like her father is an artisan. I've never like this place was better than my apartment in Toronto. <laughs> like real. it's they did a fantastic job. Uh, and because she was leaving for, for Mexico, everything was included, like her fold up chairs, her all her cooking stuff, um, everything. Like I couldn't believe it. It was like going from rags to riches. I really lucked out really well with this. This is a '96 uh, Chevy 1500 conversion, so it's nice. just over six feet tall. So I can stand up. Um, I can uh, move around enough. I can cook. I've got um, propane water uh, to to power my water, as well as solar panels and a heater. So. I'm pretty cozy now. That sounds, sounds luxurious compared to your first rig. That's a hell of an upgrade. Honest to God, I I struck gold. And it was one of those things that I was just getting beat down by Mother Nature, just like day after day, week after week, month after month. And I think, and I even like called out to the gods. I was like, 
is this some kind of karma happening? Like, am I going to be like, what's coming next? Because I can't take much more of this. And then literally when I drove into Vancouver, I think a day or two later, I saw this van. I went and took, take, took a look at it. And I was like, you know what? It suits all my needs. I was still fucking wet at that time. You know, like I was uh-huh. just damn miserable and cold. I was like, I don't care. This will be great in the winter time as well as great in the summer. So uh, at least I feel a lot more confident. Yeah. Do you think that that's kind of a lesson for other people? Like we did like a little bit of a similar thing in that our first van, we were like, we want to get something cheap. We want to get something that's like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I feel like just cheap was the answer. Like what yeah. is the best thing that we could get for the least amount of money that we could possibly pay? And then yep. we, you know, we're dry, thank God. But we spent a ton of time in the mechanic. We were fixing yep. parts, swapping out parts. We had leaks. We had bought like over and over and over. But, like as soon as we think it was good, then something else would go wrong. By spending a ton of time at the mechanics, Alex means that I was the mechanic, and hey we would man, go to the, I was dirty too. We would go to the DIY spot, and we would do it ourselves. Yeah, we would. We would luckily get like a you know a tools in front of us and everything that we needed to get the we job did, done. Like all the jobs ourselves. But anyways. After like 10 months of that, we were like, if we're going to continue and sustain this, we need a newer, nicer rig. Like we cannot spend another year in this, you know, vehicle. But the fact that you endured that and, you know, something told you that the lifestyle was good enough, even in being in such a shitty position with the van, you know, that 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 sings volumes to me, because like, imagine if you're in a shitty home, right? You're it's a lot harder to upgrade or change, make that change, especially when you're out of something. So like you're in a different, completely different lifestyle than a stationary home. It's very easy to go back into a stationary place, but yet you decided. And so did we to upgrade and get a better van. That, to that's continue the life. Absolutely. I think, yeah, that's a good question though, uh, about like for people wanting to, technically try this i mean it's a it's a great question but it's a very difficult answer and and the reason why it's a difficult answer is because i don't want to tell somebody yeah go out and blow all your money on a sick ass van and then them hate it hate the life lifestyle you know it's almost like Actually, there was a YouTuber that I watched and they, they had some great advice. They said, um, live in your car for a week and see how you, you enjoy that. And if you, because that's going to be as crappy as it's going to be yep. and give that a shot. And if you don't mind, you know, the hygienic part, the, the bathroom parts, the, the claustrophobia and isolation type things, um, you know, the closed uh, quarters then maybe you are ready for this kind of lifestyle and maybe invest a little bit more money. But I'd hate to say, it's almost like, oh, I want to play guitar. Well, do you go out and buy the best guitar you can possibly find and realize that I don't really like playing guitar after six months? You know, what do I do with this thing? It's, to, you know, um, you, you, I'd say, you know, you, you buy something that hopefully is going to at least keep you safe, warm, and, and kind of provide you with the bare, uh, like the, the necessities you need to keep your sanity. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's kind of like paying your dues to the van life gods, <laughs> you know, like you have to endure, my sacrifice. <laughs> uh, you know, if you can, <laughs> right. 
still love and enjoy van life in a rig that's not the $150,000 every bell and whistle, blah, 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 then yeah, yeah, this is maybe something that you should continue doing. Whereas like, if you need all of that amazing stuff to like have a good time, although some people are like that, but it's kind of, it reminded me a little bit of like the music industry getting back to like your, you know, arena, like you got to play the shitty shows and the small concerts and the whatever before you're going to get your dream gig. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, you gotta, you can't just skip, you know, all the crappy parts to get to the good parts, right? You, you've got to kind of, even if you're trying to skip over it, you, you know, you, you've got to put, you got to test the waters. And like I said, I, I would hate for somebody to, like you said, like spend a ton of money on so, like use money that maybe they don't have and they're going into debt or using a loan or something like that because mm-hmm. they see this bullshit reality of van life online. Uh, and they think, oh, I'm going to be hanging by the beach all the time, getting beautiful shots and have 10,000 followers in six months. It's like, man, that's that ain't what it is at all. You no. know, <laughs> like, so you got to understand that. And it's, I, I mean, I live alone, so I'm not sure how it is uh, as a couple. Like, I know that you guys um, are together, but have you guys noticed like because you're in such a small area, did you guys have to kind of adapt to? you know your personal space as well as like your 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 space together there was a small like having to adapt for us like we're you know we're lucky to be able to talk with one another be open about things uh we lived in a small apartment in brooklyn together so i mean this is literally like half the size of what the apartment in brooklyn was it's not like we had separate rooms in brooklyn or anything like that You're, you're on top of each other i think the only difference would be like work, we would go to our specific jobs, but we would both come home, you know, like, yeah. man, I wish we didn't have to do that. So for us, it, it was kind of like, it was great for us. And like, we're not that couple that says, oh, if I lived with that person, or if I was always with them, I'd kill them. Like, we're not. <laughs> we actually think that's the, one of the most stupid things a couple could say, because like, then why would you be with them? <laughs> Ex- yeah, exactly. So for us, we're we're very fortunate. Yes, there are little things, you know, especially on on a woman's end, you know, they have to deal with quite a few more things that we don't have to right. deal with that may be like, hey, can you go for a walk for a minute, you know, while I yeah. take care of this? You know, and you're like, sure. yeah, no problem. But you got to be open yeah. to that. You know, it, it's, you know, like you said in your podcast, um, that there's a lot of things that you weren't necessarily open to, um, you know, before you lived in the van but now your mind has expanded and so like you're willing to adapt and change and like accept a lot more than previously right yeah you 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 learn to have patience Mm -hmm. Uh, that's actually something that i've learned immensely is patience um nothing's happening you know at the snap of a finger anymore like there's times where you don't have access to uh, internet or your water's running low and uh, like simple things that you don't think about when you're living in an apartment, you know, that you sometimes take for granted, like being able to turn on the heat, you know, getting a nice breeze. Uh, there's a lot of things like that, or even taking a shower or um, 
maybe even having a nap without any kind of disturbance you know it's Mm -hmm. little things like that that you gotta kind of like train yourself and adapt to and it's it's pretty fucking awesome i gotta say like how stronger i feel mentally it's it's also tested me but i think we need those things in life otherwise we're just going to be living a very stagnant repetitive existence Well, and it also gives you the opportunity to have appreciation for things. So like, even for instance, going from that, that van that was beaten up where you were getting wet and like, you could barely keep it, you know, you were getting smoked (laughs) out, you were dirty. And now you're in a, a little bit better position. You could take all those things and be like, wow, I appreciate this hot water coming from the sink. I appreciate having a bucket to shit in, you know, rather than not having a bucket at all, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you know, the wild, the little wild things that it allows you to appreciate. Like even when we go into a family member's house and you have the, you know, the running toilet and the running shower, you know, you appreciate them a bit more. Um, and then it's also like when you talk to those people, even I, for me, at least, I don't know if it's the same for you. When I talk to those people, they don't realize necessarily what they have, you know, and yeah. and when you talk about appreciation and the value of having those things, they're like, ah, whatever. They almost shoo it away, right? But it's like, we should be more appreciative of what we have, you know, as humans. Uh, and especially living in North America, you know, Canada, United States, we have it pretty freaking good. We do. And I mean, we're, we've got clean water. Um, like what I've been doing is staying down a lot of logging roads, as I said earlier, right? Um, just completely off the grid. And What's great about that is it like mother nature actually provides pretty much everything I need. If I park in the right spot, I get solar. Uh, if I also park in the right spot and like by a Creek, I have water filters and things like that. So I can fill up all my water. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to town for water um, because it's a logging road. There's wood everywhere. So if I want to have a, a bonfire, a campfire to cook my food on, I've got access to all this beautiful resources that I don't have to spend a single dime on a, in a day, like on anything. Like I don't need water, energy. I don't need, you know, it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible. Like what we take for granted and things like that. So I, I, I uh, use the resources as much as humanly possible. If I can, mm-hmm. if I can get to a Creek, you bet your ass that I'm filling up my water with that. Heck yeah. or, yep. It it's sounds been... like you've grown and changed a fair bit as a person since moving into the van. Do you think that that is going to change the type of music that you're making? Yeah, I actually addressed that recently um, because, you know, my music is very diverse. It's all over the map. It goes from very somber kind of ballads to really aggressive, almost heavy metal stuff. And it's just all over the place. And um, and I'm also getting older, too. So there's, like, there's things that I want to do with my time. And some of the things that I previously released, I don't want to do anymore. So I do think that um, being out here has kind of given me a different look on life and I'm probably going to have a different execution when I'm singing songs. I'm probably not going to be nearly as pissed off as I was whenever I was in quarantine yeah. back in Toronto. I'm probably not going to be as bleak and as, um, dark, if you will, 
Um, however, I mean, I can access those parts of my brain so I can at least live up to some of the expectations that one might have for sure. But I do think overall, there's probably going to be a, a bit of a different sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you said it the best when you said there's things that you want to do with your time, right? And right. regardless of what anybody out there thinks of you or of us or whatever, we all need to choose what we do with our time, you know, in in the best way for us possible, right? So yeah. for me, that's that's like I want to go snowboarding as many days as I can. So that's one of the choices I make. You know, it might not be something that everybody's into or interested in but you know what that's what i'm interested in and i think that the creativity of what we make and what we do will come off even better and you know more fun even for the audience because we're creating what we want to create yeah it's really interesting guys because i did notice when i started this lifestyle because i was primarily only like known for music um of course, there was a set of expectations that my fan base expect. And once I moved into the van and started kind of talking a little bit differently to like the camera and my audience, I was noticing a big shift in my um, my social media uh, attention. A lot of people were starting to drop off because I wasn't talking about, you know, the brutality of the music I'm making and uh, the raw honesty of the, I can't wait to tell you all off on this new record, you know, type thing. I was Mm -hmm. kind of talking about a lot of other things. But then I also saw this interesting kind of dynamic that was happening where people were starting to realize I am turning into a new person. Mm -hmm. And the support started coming back in a very different way, um, much more positive and a much more like actually supportive rather than, Oh yeah, Johnny, you got this. Now it's like, no man, Johnny, maybe you should like, like I got people that are helping me. Like mm-hmm. when the fire thing was happening with my stove, I got so many messages about what kind of wood were you using? What could like, people were genuinely concerned and it was super cool that I'm now a little bit closer to my audience than I probably was when I was just primarily uh, a mute, a musician. So Mm -hmm. it's been really to see that evolution. What I think is unique and amazing about that is the fact that now you have an audience that is more engaged with you and they will be willing to actually go with you wherever you go, you know, rather than, uh, you know, that, the people at a more, you know, surface level or expecting something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said earlier, uh, as much as I love my fan base and the people that have followed me for many years because of music, um, I kind of don't give a shit if they start dropping off because of the lifestyle that I've chose and kind of the, the, what I needed to do to make myself feel better. Um, because like I said earlier, I was going through a real hard point and I'd much rather be alive and enjoy life than, you know, dead in a year, but released a real dark record that people got to enjoy, you know, like, so unfortunately come first. 
Yeah, I mean, so. with anything that you do, you should come first, you know, like that's, I think, a lot of the reason why people choose to live in a van is because they are putting themselves first and they know that they need to change and they know they want something different and, you know, getting outside of the normal confines of, you know, live in a house and have the steady job and do, you know, graduate, get it, you know, all that stuff. It's like yeah. you get to choose what you want to do for your life mm -hmm. and the people who are really actually supportive of you will support whatever you decide to do. And the people who are just, you know, not just will fade away. <laughs> and then you didn't need them anyways, because, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't really actually want to support you and your dreams and what you wanted to do. So it's beautiful to even hear you come to that realization yourself of like, you know, the, the, the suicide thought and the, the death thought. Right. And knowing that you have a lot more to live for and, being thankful for those things and like wanting to continue on and create differently now, because that's going to help you, you know, within your own yeah. soul, you know, not only be a better person, but be a better version of yourself, you know? Yeah. Thanks, man. No, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have met a lot of people that are kind of, I call it kind of like the early midlife crisis. You know, it's kind of like you reach a point in life and you're like, I need to make a drastic change right now. I don't give a shit what my parents or my friends or my colleagues or my, you know, acquaintances think about this decision, but I need to do this or I am not going to be well. Mm -hmm. And it's better to take a chance at something that you don't know what the outcome is than to, you know, continue to punish yourself through a, a grueling, grueling life. And um, there's way too many people. I'm not, sh you know, I don't want to talk about this all day, but I lost so many people during the uh, COVID due to depression. And mm. it's like, fuck, I wish they had have just taken that savings, that, a little bit of money that they had or take a loan out. Like money comes and goes. You can't bring the shit to the grave. So if you need to take out a loan, to get out of the position you're at to, you know, just give life one more chance. You got to give it a shot. You got to. Yeah, I 100% agree. So I think the elephant in the room and the question that I have is how'd you get the name Johnny? No cash. Like what, wh where'd that come from? <laughs> what did it stem from? I think it's, I think it's cool. It's fun. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I mean, I, I do play kind of like a dark, version of country and folk um i've always related to johnny cash and what he stood for i think you know his whole demeanor on the industry as well as like uh equality is so underappreciated he, he stood for so much more than just his music and uh and i related to that and you know it was funny i came up with the name because one Many years ago, I wanted to recreate the famous poster of Johnny Cash giving that security guard the finger. And it came out so bad. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, that's like Johnny no cash. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, it just hit me right then and there because I was making fun of how bad this photo was. So I was just like, this is cheap. A fucking terrible imitation of one of my idols. It's like fucking Johnny No Cash. And I was just like, man, that's kind of clever and kind of funny. And I'm going to go with it. And it's just stuck. Nice. I love it. Let me ask you this. So I would imagine 
with the music career comes a lot of travel. And you mentioned, you know, that you had a whole tour that got canceled. You know, traditional touring, in my mind, from what I see in like movies and stuff is like, you know, the big tour bus or something like that, or like a small tour bus. Do you think that living in a van is now going to help your career in a sense that like you can go to these different gigs and like have all your stuff with you? Uh, I'm hoping so. It's going to be really difficult because to answer your question straight up, yes, for sure. Because then, you know, I can just park outside the venue a night before if I want. right? And, yeah. and that's always quite convenient. But I, I haven't really established my brand very well out West. You know, um, I've got a really good fan base in Europe and Eastern Canada and, and of course some spots throughout the States, but out Western Canada, I haven't really made a really big mark. So I think it's going to almost be like starting over, which is exciting. Um, I personally prefer the smaller intimate venues uh, anyway. So yeah, I think once spring comes around again and people start want to like go outside to patios and festivals and things like that, I'll probably start really putting the nose of the grindstone at that point in time and try and boost up uh, a bit more of like a touring schedule. So I'm, I have purpose for those destination drives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be on the West Coast? Is that your new goal? I like the West Coast mainly because, first of all, it's just gorgeous. Um, it's absolutely stunning. Uh, but also, I don't know if I'd want to live in like minus 30 Ontario weather. Mm -hmm. In Even a van, <laughs> Right? I do have a lot more opportunities for myself in the East Coast, though. Like I would be, I could book a tour almost right now in, in, in Ontario. But I just don't know if I'd want that kind of frigid cold all the time. Uh, right. I kind of like, like today was actually, it, it was still zero degrees, but the sun was out and it was quite nice outside. So I'm cool with that kind of stuff. And ultimately living in a van, you're outside a lot more. That's the nice thing about living in a van is that if you do want to do the East Coast tour, you could drive out to the East Coast and do it and then drive back West for winter. You know, like you don't, you have the freedom and flexibility to kind of like, you can't drive to Europe, but you could drive, you know, North America pretty mm -hmm. easily. I'd love to do the States too. I would absolutely love to do the States. I've been contemplating uh, the United States for quite some time now. Um, and like I said, I think once things get a little bit more comfortable, um, I, I'm probably going to start tackling Western United States. Nice. nice. I think that's awesome yeah. too, because it gives you an opportunity to create even larger fan base than what you already have. Um, cause you do, like you said, you have a lot of people on the East coast and also in Europe. Um, you know, maybe a lot of people haven't heard of you in the West and this gives yeah. you that opportunity to grow that fan base, show you versatility. I, I can only see nothing but good things coming out of it too, you know? Yeah, it's just like chipping away at it, you know, and uh, it doesn't happen overnight. And I, I do think that this kind of music would do real well in the States. Um, it, I, I, it, I mean, there's a huge planet to explore. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just difficult to like, where do I start, you know? And, and I think just starting like this is the first step. 
I'm excited to see what happens in like five years from now, where you're at and like how much has changed and to see, you know, that audience base grow and, you know, what possibly that you're performing, you know, what you're doing, you know, maybe we could set something up where we check back in with each other <laughs> in a couple of years from now and be like, Hey, like what, what has changed? Let's tell the audience what's going on and, you know, how much different ha- is everything now, you know, compared to, you know, five years earlier, two years earlier, whatever it winds up being. So you mentioned that, you know, you've kind of been trying to find these really remote places so that you could record music. So what does that setup look like? What do you kind of need in order to, you know, record music in your van? And create the best sound quality. <laughs> it's, well, luckily, because I am Johnny No Cash, quality <laughs> <laughs> is kind of on the back burner. And I kind of, I kind of dodged a bullet with that while having the name Johnny No Cash is that people kind of want to hear a bit more raw recordings anyway, coming from this style of music. So I'm really lucky because I mean, I'm telling you to go to a studio and record properly and to have it mixed and mastered, uh, the amount of money you you have to put into that kind of you better hope that you have an agent and a worldwide tour just to pay for the damn thing right because it's just so expensive mm-hmm. so i just I, I actually do it real diy how i do it is i uh i mic i mic the body of my guitar with uh, this condenser mic and then i plug in my guitar with just my standard patch cord so i have two tracks going into the computer and how I do it is I just lay down the rhythm guitar tracks. Then I take a break and I do all the lead guitar tracks, which is just harmonies and melodies and things like that. And then I tuck the guitar away. And then that's when I start building the vocal uh, layers. And from there, um, I do have some friends that do give me very good friend deals on mixing. So I do send it to them and and they they love working on the projects too. So, you know, it gives them something to do and they make a little bit of money because they give me friend prices and stuff. So, yeah. So it's pretty, it's, it's, it's a dude in a, in a van with his guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Are you kind of distributing your music yourself and like, how is that going? Totally independent. Um, I am a solo artist, so I've been doing solo stuff um under johnny no cash for uh actually 2022 will be 15 years um yeah big year to uh next year Uh, but then i also started with a full band about four years ago and we just expanded the sound and that was way more successful than we were expecting it turned out very very good um but uh, again with everything that was going on with me mentally and the lack of shows and the, um, the, the lockdowns and all these restrictions and things like that, I really wasn't seeing, I, I, I don't know if I could stick around to wait another month or year to see what was going to happen. So I had to make a decision and I said, you know, sorry guys, but this is something I got to do. And I, I'm, I'm moving away. Um, and I'm just going to be doing this solo uh, until maybe sometime down the road we'll all get back together again. But um, I just had to do it on my I go back to the roots ultimately. Well, it sounds like, you know, the timing was probably kind of required it. Like you can't do shows. 
you know, at the time, especially in Ontario, like lockdowns and things like that, like you weren't even supposed to be gathering with people who were outside of your, you know, immediate family. So then it's like, how do you get together for a rehearsal? And then what's the point of rehearsing if you're not going to go be playing your music anywhere? So then it's, you know, it's like uh, definitely easier to be a solo production at that point in time, for sure. It was, but I will say, like, the whole lockdown thing was really unfortunate for everybody because I do think that it did create a little bit of a rift um, between all the members in the band. Um, You know, some people didn't give a shit about social distancing. Some people did. Politics started getting involved. And um, and that was and that's not what music's about. Um, And and. You know, we are all still friends and we're all very close. We still love each other. But it did get to a point where it was like uh, there was some real big division happening because of what the wor- what was going on in the world around us. Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of realized that maybe we weren't the best fit for each other. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many people broke up during covid as uh they realize man i don't know if i like this person or i don't know if we get along in the same maybe i was just kind of going along with something because it was comfort uh or comfortable or easy or you know less stressful than the last mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i like to think uh, same goes for you know like couples in van life and people in van life right a lot of people wind up getting together and they move into this lifestyle and then really quickly realize that they're not right for each other and, you know, split up. So, you know, it, it, everything going on in the world right now, um, you know, is multiplied by like a hundred when you, when you go into a van. So, you know, it, it definitely broke up a lot of things or made relationships stronger, you know, just depending on what your feelings are and how you feel and like what comes out of it and everything in general, you know, um, If you have any advice for anybody out there that's either going to be joining the lifestyle or, you know, wants to be a traveling musician, correct? like what (laughs) what would be your advice to them? Um, My biggest advice that I learned personally is um, don't underestimate the weather. Um, And I'm, and I'm dead serious. Like uh, I was cooking to death in Saskatchewan because I didn't have AC. I was looking for a fucking tree just for some shade. And it was near impossible. Like little things like that. When you jump into a van and you think everything's going to be a big old road trip, you know, really be prepared that the elements are, can fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. Whether it is, you know, uh, the, the freezing cold or flash floods or, uh, getting lo- uh, like um, stuck down a, a road that is completely inaccessible to other people. Um, don't think that you know you are some kind of Superman or Superwoman when you hop into a van that you're like invincible, because some real scary shit is out there, and you mm-hmm. don't think about these things when you're doing your neat little van build for the first time. You're not thinking of that, you know. You're thinking, can't wait to be at the beach drinking some beers. And it's like, <laughs> well, you won't be at the beach if you're stuck down a log road, you know? <laughs> like, and I, I think that's probably my biggest set of advice. And also just make sure that you're comfortable because it is your home. 
don't get a van because it looks cool from the outside or the inside, or it's got like neat little bells and whistles that you think would be great for your Instagram. It's like, get something that you're going to really be comfortable in, that you can have enough room to do what you need. Like if you are into yoga, you would not want my van because it's, it's, it's quite small. You can't really stretch in here or anything, right? Except for on the bed. Um, so yeah, like try and just adapt or not adapt, but work around what you need to get work done and keep your sanity. Yeah. I think that's amazing advice. Uh, either purchase or build something to what you true, how you truly live. Uh, you want to make sure that it, like you said, it's the most comfortable thing possible, especially if you're living in it full time, like all of us are. And yeah, man, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We appreciate it. If you guys out there want to learn more about Johnny No Cash, go check out his podcast. We'll link it down below. Make sure, you know, maybe buy him a beer. You know, the guy likes to drink. So <laughs> buy him a beer. It'll be wonderful. I'm sure he'll be very thankful for it. But yeah, man, <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you on. We hope you nothing but success in your future. And uh, we hope that we can help out in some type of way. Well, thanks, guys. And um, you guys are coming north into Canada soon. If you guys do uh, end up, you know, bombing around Vancouver Island or the Vancouver area, you let me know and we'll have some beers. We hope that you enjoyed that chat with Johnny No Cash. We think he is one heck of a dude, and we can't wait to hang out with him in the Canadian wilderness someday. Yeah, I really hope our pets cross. I mean, I think that we would have a great time hanging. There'd be a lot of interesting chats around the fire. You know, make sure that you buy him a beer like we were saying. I think that we'll have to bring him a beer or two when we, uh, <laughs> when we meet up with him. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like one of the best things about living on the road and doing this podcast is that we get to meet a lot of cool different people. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, tomorrow we actually have a bunch of video chats with people. So we're going to have to get some internet. Maybe there's a library that has decent internet that we could utilize. But then we have, it's a library. You can't talk in the library. We're going to have to find like a, like a coffee shop or something where we can actually like be on the phone calls. Anyway, so the reason that I bring up the internet is another high and low of van life. We just crossed into Canada, as we were saying. (laughs) And so our Verizon plans have us on roaming and you only get 0.5 gigabytes of data a day, which disappears in literally a second. Yeah. These are the struggles for sure that we have out here. What I want to say, though, and going back to the podcast, is what I realize is that van life gives a lot of us crazy perspective on life in a different way than what we're used to when we were back in, like, stationary homes. Every single one of us, our perspective on life has changed so much. And, like, we all seem to have grasped a concept of how to be happy just with what you have and... You know, finding those things in life that just fulfill you. And it could be something so simple as just finding water for your tank or wood for a fire mm-hmm. or some way to shower. Or internet for or, your podcast. Or internet for the podcast upload. <laughs> but like realistically, it's given us tons of perspective. I think it's given Johnny tons of perspective and actually brought him back to life in a sense right? absolutely he even went so deep to talk about suicide like ending it all so you know i know there's a lot of people out there that are you know in a bad mindset because of where life is right now but no it gets better you just have to strive for some different goals and know that like life will get back to normal in some sense 
And maybe the whole perspective is, is that you need to find your new normal. You know, what's your, like our new normal is van life, right? And this might change for us too, just because of everything ongoing. You just never know what's going to happen. Our plans have changed many a time since we've been on the road. So just know that we're here for you. There's other people that are feeling the same way. And, you know, everybody wants to see you thrive. We all want to see you do better. And we want to do better. Absolutely. I think the biggest perception shift is to be grateful for all of those things. Yes. Because even though we complain about, you know, all the things that are happening, you know, we are still pretty positive even when stuff is going to the shitter, you well, know? And a lot of our negative things aren't so harsh. I will say that, like, the heater thing that we were talking about in the beginning was definitely a more harsh reality. Well, that is more of, like, an urgent, life-saving, like, you know, you're on the edge of freezing to death or mm. surviving the night. Like, that is a, a really bigger issue than, like, finding, you Wi-Fi. know... Yeah. Yeah. Or like even Way like bigger. like water. Like even if we didn't have enough water for tonight, we could go find water tomorrow. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and it's unlimited or like whatever. You could go to a gas station and fill up a bottle of water. Like yeah. it, it's yeah. n- not hard to find the things that you need. But I think that it makes you so much more grateful for the things that you have because you do have to find them yeah. and research them and look them up and get outside of, you know, I feel like in a regular life, everything is so easy. You could literally be on autopilot to the fact that you could leave your house in the morning to go to work, drive all the way to work, and not even realize that you drove because you literally have done it so many times and your brain was somewhere else completely. Yeah, I've been in that autopilot mode a lot when I was working back at PJ Mechanical and I was commuting you know, to the city. There was many days where I would just get there and I'm like... How the hell did I get here? <laughs> Which like, is I know scary. I drove. I know I drove. Like, what path did I even take? Right. Was it the same one that I always take? But Probably it's just not. like you're on such a routine. The grocery store is the same grocery store you go to every time. The pharmacy is the same. The library is the same. The coffee shop is the same. I, I've even drove to the wrong location first thing in the morning, thinking like just being an autopilot. Like I went to the same place like a week straight. And the next thing you know, I go right back to that place. I'm like, oh, shit, I was supposed to be at this spot. Mm -hmm. So luckily they're, you know, 10 minutes apart. Hopefully that's it. But, you know, it happens. Yeah. But so in van life, you're just exposed to so many different things every single day. And I think for some people that can be overwhelming, the amount of choice and decisions and new obstacles and new scenarios. I will just say it's been very rare that we've been on autopilot. Since we've chose this lifestyle. A hundred percent. Yeah. A very rare. I mean, I couldn't even I tell you. Yeah. I can't tell you when I was on autopilot no. at all. Cause we're living. Yeah. How but freaking great is that? That's wild. That's that, pretty nice. It shows how present you are when you live a lifestyle similar to this. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that there's people out there living in regular houses that are very present all the time cause they find a way to be present all the time. Yeah. So, so find your way to be present. Yeah. I guess is what I'm no matter how you're living or where you're doing it or whatever, find the moments and be in them and try something new today. Why not? Yeah. When you feel that you're living in the present, realize that that might be somewhat of your calling or the thing that you want to do more. So find ways, make goals to make that a possibility for yourself. And we would do a shout out of the week, you know, but unfortunately, once again, 
the Wi-Fi situation, the internet situation is not great for us here. So we're going to save that for next week. But be sure to leave your reviews, give a five-star, high-five wherever you listen to your podcast. Drop that review, drop that comment. We so appreciate it. And I do want to give you all a huge shout-out for listening wherever you listen, whether it's Apple, Spotify, you could even listen on Pandora. You know, wherever you guys listen, we are so thankful for you, and we just want to send out the most gratitude, and we love you guys. Like, literally, we love you. Thank you for listening. And this is probably the worst point of the podcast to announce this, but if you become a Patreon in the month of December, we are sending all of our Patreons a special holiday card with a very cool new design sticker. Um, So if you join the Patreon at any level, you know, our lowest level doesn't have, like, any swag attached to it, but for the month of December, if you join... We're adding the swag as a special holiday end of the year. Thank you. So if that's something that you've been considering, now would be a great time to jump on board and support a Fnavian life. We'll just say that the swag is the catchphrase at the end of the show. Have an FNA day, guys. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Van Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.